Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Hello, I'm Dr. Joe Beam. Welcome to Marriage Helper Live. This is a program where I would talk with you if you would like to talk to me. You can call me at 657-383-0812. Of course, that number is in the U.S. And because we're on the Internet, we know that people call us from all over the world. So the area code, I think, would be 01. That's the country code for the United States of America. And then 657 383 three zero eight one two so far on this program we've been doing it for a while now so far on this program i think we've heard from every continent except antarctica so if you're listening in antarctica and want to give us a call we'd love to talk to you it's a program about relationships now most of the people that call us because of the fact that we deal quite a bit in our work with marriages that are in trouble marriages that are in some kind of a crisis then most of the phone calls we get are about how to deal with this marriage problem that marriage problem but understand we'll be happy to talk to you about any kind of relationship thing that you wish to talk to us about that would be our great joy to do now when you call that number when you hear the answer uh, press the number one that puts you into the queue so that you can have your call screened and hopefully hopefully get to be with me on the air one thing before we start with the first call here in just a moment and this call has to do with uh, a husband getting the other woman pregnant well, we'll talk about that in just a moment when we take that call but before then let me tell you that we are having great success doing our intensive three-day workshop online and we're doing another one this weekend. It starts Friday. This will be the uh, sixth one I've done in nine weeks. I think that's right. I think that's about right. And, and, and they're having tremendous success. This one is full, unfortunately. If you want to get in this weekend, it's full. But we have other ones coming up. And we'd love to get you in those workshops, if at all possible. And because of the fact that we're now doing our workshops online, and we will do them in person again whenever the pandemic lets us do so. But right now, doing them online, we also have a special workshop that we do. That's for the individual spouse when the other spouse won't participate. We did not do that when we were doing the in-person workshops, but we do that when it comes to the online workshops. And those are having great success. As a matter of fact, I just did one uh, weekend or so ago, and 60% of the people that are in that workshop stayed afterwards to make a testimonial video for us. Now, we're happy we get one or two testimonial videos because we've had three intense days together, and people are tired. They've learned a lot. They've gained a lot. They, they tell us 99% of the people who go to our workshop actually recommend it to others. But most people are just too tired to sit around and make a short testimonial video for us. And yet, in the last solo workshop, 60% of them stayed afterwards, after the third day, to make for us right then a testimonial video. Now, understand that we're not saying only 60% liked the workshop. As a matter of fact, 100% of those people were raving, raving about how great the workshop was. But when you have that many people who will stay afterwards just to wait in line to be able to make a video, then you know that things are going really, really well. So if you're a solo spouse and you're having trouble because of the fact that your spouse won't come to the workshop with you, but you want to learn what you can do that will work if anything works. 
that will work. If anything works, then please contact us at marriagehelper.com. Or you can call us 615-472-1161. Again, that's here in the USA, 615-472-1161. And I'm sure in just a moment, it's going to pop up on my screen to tell me the uh, toll-free number I can also give you. And I'll give that to you as well if you want to call that number, and I'll give it to you in a couple of minutes. Okay, so welcome to the program. And now we're going to go to that phone call out of Florida, and we're going to talk to Tracy. Hi, Tracy. Welcome to the program. Hi. Hi, Dr. Beam. How are you doing? Actually, I'm doing extremely well, my friend. But I understand by reading my notes here on the screen that uh, things are not so good for you. So how may we help you? Um. I, me and my husband, well, starting at the end of last year, um, I noticed a, um, a big disconnect with him starting to happen. And um, we, well, and, and then December, I discovered, um, I went through his phone one night after he went to sleep just because I had a feeling. And I found out that he was talking to a coworker who um, is actually based out of Atlanta. She was a dispatcher for his company. Um <laughs> actually 35 she's 21 um and the background of that is the same girl actually almost destroyed my brother-in-law's marriage last year um talking brother-in-law um Mm -hmm. but she then moved on to my husband obviously um my husband moved um out of the home um march uh 6th and decided he was going to pick up and sneak off in the middle of the night and move to atlanta georgia to be with her and um on friday I found out that um, she is now pregnant, and um, you know I've been practicing my pies. I've been we've been doing I've been doing a smart contact, um, just really remaining calm, friendly, mm-hmm. and not, now I don't know what where do I go? Like how how do I proceed with this now that this has come about? Okay, now tell me again. I, I missed part of it. How long has he been gone? Um, he left March sixth. March 6th. So, okay. Coming up on three months that he's been gone in those three months, does he have any, any contact with you at all? Yes, we actually, we, we have, we, it's about once or twice a week. Um, I would call, we would FaceTime. I would call him, um, most of the time. And, um, I know he doesn't want to hurt me. Um, he's told Mm -hmm. me that, um, he didn't tell me himself that she's pregnant. We, my sister, he let it slip out to my sister-in-law on Friday and she felt mm-hmm. that I should know. And mm-hmm. um, it, but we, even Friday, we talked, Friday morning, we had FaceTime before I discovered. Um, but now he is pushing for a divorce because of, you know, obviously I didn't know at the time, but the past couple of weeks, he's really been pushing for it. And it's obviously because of the issue. So mm-hmm. the fact has been there because, you know, I've watched many, many of your videos. So. Okay. And in these conversations you have, is, is he being open about anything? No, um, he's actually um, the opposite. He, well, he'll tell me that he misses me, um, that he does love me, but I don't know, but he won't tell me about anything that's going on. You know, he just kind of seems to be telling me what I want to hear. Okay. And so in these conversations, are they open enough that you could ask him questions like, um, do you, are you sure that you know what you want? Things like that. Or is that much beyond where you are with him right now? 
No, I have asked him. I even on Friday morning when we spoke, I said, you know, is it when he said, hey, I I filed the papers, which I don't think he has. I and I look, I looked at him straight in the eye. I said, is this what you want? I said, is this really what you want? And I said, you know, I just, I would like, you know, I would like for you to come home. And he, he would say, I know, I know, but he won't say, yes, this is what I want. Okay. Now, and since you know the man, obviously I don't, but you do. Do you yes. think that he really wants to come home, but he feels obligated because he's impregnated that woman? You know, that's a question that I asked myself. I, I know him and I know he has, you know, I believe he suffers from depression, but he's always kind of in denial. But, you know, I, I can't, I'm not a doctor. I can't diagnose him with that. But mm-hmm. he, I know he's going through with his own inner turmoil just because that's the way he is. I don't mm-hmm. know that. And I, that's what I wonder is, you know, does he regret okay, what he's so what's done? Your guess? What is your guess? Yeah. I know that you don't know. But what is your guess, Tracy? At this point, I'm going to say no. You're going to say that that's not what he's doing. He's not with her just because he feels guilty and feels he ought to be there because of the coming child. Yeah. I, at this point, I'm going to say no. I think, I think that he is content where he is with, with her at the moment. Okay. Do you have children together? No, we don't. We actually had our own fertility issues and that's why this mm-hmm. is kind of even more uh, because yeah. <laughs> okay. We've never- Obviously. Obviously, that makes the thing, well, you've got two or three things here that are not good, but it's not impossible. Mm-hmm. First of all, we, we have dealt many times over the 21 years we've been doing this particular workshop we do for marriages in crisis. And, and mm-hmm. I started the first nonprofit to work with marriages in 1994. So I've been doing this for 26 years and 21 uh-huh. years with this particular course. And I'm telling you that I have run into a lot of situations where that either the wife became pregnant by another guy or the husband impregnated another woman. And we have seen great success with time working those things out. But as you would understand, not a hundred percent success. I'm saying it makes things tougher. There's no doubt about it. It definitely makes things tougher, but it doesn't make it impossible. Is what I'm trying to say here. But when you add into the factor, okay, we've had our fertility issues and now he finally gets to have a child and we're going to make the assumption that the child is his based on what you have told me about this woman. I think that might be speculative. What do you think? You know, and, and that's exactly, um, I just thought that popped in my mind yesterday, and I was actually hoping that I, um, I tried to contact him this morning, but he didn't answer, but that's the question that I was going to actually put in his mind today, saying, hey, is there any doubt in your mind that this could be her ex-boyfriend, because she left her boyfriend to be with my husband as well. Uh, they, he left so well, in that situation, not- Tracy, I do recommend discretion. Be very, very careful about how you do that. You know, you, okay. you're familiar with some of our material, of course, and you've heard me, I'm sure, okay. talk about the difference in a push and a pull. And there are some yes. pushes that people need to do because those pushes just need to exist. For example, if, if a woman has kids and needs child support, but the husband doesn't want to give it, and she says, well, if I go to the judge to get child support, he's going to see that as a push. My response is, yeah, he will, but... That's an essential push. You, you do the pushes right. you need to do. You try to avoid the pushes you don't need to do. This one, I think, is a good thing to put into his brain. He cannot legally marry her until he's divorced from you. And what I'm hearing is, right. while he says he's filed, you have no indication that he really has, other no, than what he I said. Have, yeah, exactly. And I know he's trying so, to do it without an attorney. So <laughs> that's not going to go very okay. well for him. That makes it a lot tougher. Plus the fact that he yeah. moved off to Atlanta and you're down in Florida, right? 
So yes. just speak that that question, I think, Tracy, is a very valid question, but be very careful how you present that, because if that okay. comes across to him as a as a mean thing, you know, mm-hmm. that, that you're attacking her in some fashion, then the great likelihood, obviously, I don't know him, I can't say for sure what he'll do, but the great likelihood is that he'll react very, very negatively to you if he hears that as an attack on her or an attack on him. So my recommendation, again, I think it's a good question, but I think it's a matter of timing. And apparently right now, you've got some time. And so my recommendation, my suggestion, of course, you do what you think is best for you. But my recommendation Uh right now is this. Go slow. And and in a conversation, if you ever have a conversation where it gets a little open, when you ask it, be sure you ask it in a tone of voice and in such a way that it doesn't sound arrogant or it doesn't sound like, are you an idiot? In other words, you're going to come across like this. You know, uh, I understand your desire to be a dad and I understand you want to be with that child. But I know she left a boyfriend for you. Uh, and so, you know, help me here. Are you do you feel comfortable? Or do you feel assured of the fact that this is your child? I'm not trying to put her down. I'm not trying to put you down. It's just, you know, when you leave a relationship like that for a relationship with you, have you thought about that possibility? Now, if you put it in a way and on a tone of voice where that he doesn't hear that as an attack, you may plant the right seed there. And, and of course, the baby may be his. But based on everything you're telling me, it sounds to me like it also could be not his. And, exactly. and uh I would think that if he discovered that, based on what you say about him, that he wouldn't react well to that, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Okay, Tracy. Be very careful, yeah. my friend. Just go slow. Time's on your side. Now, if you get divorce papers today, then that speeds everything up, of course. But but yeah. take time since you have time, okay? Okay. Thank you so much. All right, Tracy. You take care of yourself. Okay. Thank you for calling us. Okay, and now we're going to go from Florida. And we're going to go to Illinois and we're going to talk. Oh, by the way, pardon me just a moment, Nikki. I promised people to give that toll free number if you want to call about our workshops, our solo workshops, solo spouse, solo spouse workshop, or a couple's workshop. The toll free number for that is 866 903 That's 866-903-0990. I am so sorry, Nikki, that I took some of your time to say that. Uh, welcome to the program. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Can you hear me? How may I help you, my friend? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how may I help okay. you? Okay. Oh, um, well, okay, so this is my situation. My husband has decided after 20 some, 24 years that he wanted a divorce. We were mm-hmm. kind of working on things. So we separated for a little while, but I think his intention the whole time was to get divorced. He was just prepping me for it. So we've been mm-hmm. in this process for about a year and a half. And now it's come down to where, you know, divorce papers are filed, some agreements are being negotiated, and we were going through some counseling to help us learn to communicate through this process because I have a minor. I have three Mm -hmm. children. One of them is a minor who has to switch back and forth between us, so we want to make sure that everything's okay in the Mm -hmm. way we talk to each other. We're trying to do this amicably. And he's Mm -hmm. a very closed person, obviously, because he hasn't said very much in the last few years to get us to work on this prior to getting to this point. Well, all of a sudden, from work, he's gotten some video about a gentleman who was talking about his anger issues because he feels that was one of that is truly kind of one of the issues that we had in our marriage where I was a little angry. Nikki, I didn't hear there. The video the man was talking about what? Anger issues. 
Anger. Okay. He, All right. Thank you. I'm just missing that word. Issues. Okay. Yes, right. I'm so sorry. So he had anger issues, and in this, this video, he's relating how his wife felt. And my husband forwarded this to me, and, and in the end of the video, they actually get back together. But he sent me the video. He, he brought it up, and he's like I said, he doesn't really bring up about his emotions because he's a, kind of avoidant of, of confrontation mm-hmm. and negative emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, I just want you to see this. This is kind of some that speaks to some of the things that I felt in the past, which he never wants to So he to felt revisit. that you were using anger toward him. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Like okay. he would come Sorry. home. I, I was depressed and there were some issues with our communication back then okay. where he had some of right. his own personal issues. So uh, then he's like, but don't get me wrong. This, this is how I felt. But in the end, they stay together. And I, mm-hmm. you know, and when he presented it to me, he told me about it first before he emailed me the link. I said, "Would this be something you're willing to discuss?" Because I'm always open to discussing how he's felt. I want to mm-hmm. know what went wrong to fix things and do better. And he's like, "Yeah." He goes, "Yeah, I'll just I'll, I'll, that's fine. It's open for discussion." But I'm sitting here now, going, "What do I do? How do I approach this?" Because I I appreciate the fact that he's bringing this to me. I guess it's a brick. Mm-hmm where he's speaking about something personal where he doesn't open up normally, but I, I don't know That's how good. to, how okay. to react. Is this conversation like, going to be face to face or is it going to be over the I phone? I want to make or? it face to face. No, no. Okay. So I you, want to make you live close enough where that can happen, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, here are a couple of suggestions and it's a good thing that he's opening up. It really, really is. And you say he's been uh, gone a year and a half. Is that what I heard? We've been separated for a year and a half. He actually moved okay. out right. last November. Okay, so in this conversation, okay, in this conversation, my recommendation is, um, first of all, watch your body language, believe it or not. Don't look tense. Don't look worried. Don't look angry, particularly since he feels there have been anger issues in the past. And so I'm not saying, you know, pretend. I'm just saying control. Control yourself where you can be very, very calm. And, and as he opens and opens up and starts talking about this, and you can start up with a few questions like, okay, thank you for, uh, sending that video, it, it gave me some insight into my behavior and how I've hurt you. I would like to hear more. Can, can you just tell me more about it? And try your best not to talk much at all, but to listen. And every once in a while, to feed back to him what you're hearing. So I hear what I'm hearing you say is you felt as if I treated you like you had no worth or value or whatever it is he's saying. And don't yes. do it much. Yes. Don't do it every sentence. Don't even do it every paragraph. Just enough that he knows you're really hearing him. And if you ask questions, make sure that they're very gently asked and they really are questions for information for you. Because if those questions come across in such a way where he feels like you're trying to lead him to a conclusion, it's going to work badly. So, Nikki, my recommendation is you sound like a pretty intelligent person to me. Be calm. Listen. Validate his emotions. I don't suggest you take responsibility for things that you didn't do. But that first conversation might not be the time to talk about the things you didn't do. If he feels that you did in that first conversation, just listen and say, okay, I understand. And, and as you ask those questions, if it gets to being a really good conversation, then somewhere down the line, after he's talked and talked and talked, you can say, you know, what would you have wanted it to be like? And then start listening to that. Now, the reason for that question, Nikki, is to start planting the idea in his head that it could be different. 
Okay. Now, it's, it sounds like a manipulative question, and if you ask it manipulatively, it'll work against you. What you're really asking okay. for is not just to put that little bit of an idea, that little seed in his head, but for you to really, really hear him about what's important to him. And, and this conversation might last 20 minutes. It might last an hour and a half. But you really are in control as long as you can stay calm, and, and he keeps talking because he feels safe. And if you do that, there's a possibility of putting, or at least beginning the process of putting this thing back together. See, I, I want to say that that, because we've had through this year and a half, like I said, we have been going to counseling and he did it because he wanted to help me. <laughs> That's what he said. And, okay. um, but now I feel like he's pulling more away, almost like I feel he's found somebody else. Yeah. So I don't understand Okay, but the question is, what have you got to lose? Even if he does have somebody else, what do you have to lose by listening to all of this? At the very least, at the very least, if, God forbid, this thing ends in a divorce, and I surely hope it doesn't, but if it does, Mm -hmm. you will still gain information about how to interact in another relationship down the line. Now, that's not what we try to help people prepare for is the next relationship. But if, if you listen and learn, the best thing that can happen is that he begins to take the metaphorical bricks off of his wall and begins to open up more and more to you. The worst thing that can happen, in my opinion, based on what you're telling me, is that you will hear things that might not be comfortable for you, may not even be easy for you, but mm. but that can actually prepare you so that if he does come back or is willing to, you know how to do that. And if God forbid he doesn't, then you know what to do in the next relationship. Because all of us, Nikki, every single one of us is flawed. None of us is perfect. And, and none of us wants to hear about the things about us we didn't do right. But, but by doing so, we can really gain a great deal for ourselves. We really, really can. Okay, now we're going to move over to Maria in California. Hi, Maria. How are you? Maria, are you there? Yes, I am. Thank you so much okay. for taking my call. You're very welcome. How may I help you today? My husband and I have been separated for about nine months. Um, he had been in an affair for about a year and a half. And um, I know how you feel about diagnosing people, but he's not with that woman anymore. He believes mm-hmm. that she is a narcissist and that he's dealing with He believes with that he's a narcissist. He believes that he's a narcissist or he believes that she's a narcissist? He believes that she is the narcissist. That she is. Okay. All right. And he feels that he's trauma bonded to this person and he's having a really difficult time healing from that. He mm-hmm. tells me he loves me. He tells mm-hmm. me he loves me. But um, he has filed for divorce in December and he's, you know, very well pushing that. Um, and I've been listening to him. He tells me about you know, the affair and what it meant to him. And um, I, I sometimes I wonder if by listening to him and being his safe place, if I'm actually becoming more of a just a best friend. And he's okay. not seeing Let's just me stop right there wife. for a second, Maria. Let's just stop right there. So what if you are? What's the downside to that? That I want him, I want to be his wife. I want to be his partner. No, I understand that. I understand that. But in the process, what's the downside to your becoming his friend that he opens up and talks to? Now, I know you want to put the marriage back together. I get that. 
but does that, do you think that by being his friend, you somehow prevent him from ever wanting to come back? Is that what you're thinking? I think yes. And I also struggle with, you know, him being so open with me about this other woman and okay. also about, you know, his, him dating uh, somebody else. Mm-hmm. If, if ever you put this thing back together, Maria, part of what's going to have to happen is that you have to become friends again. You really do. The fact that this man is being that open with you, obviously, or I say obviously, apparently, I should say, based on what you're telling me, apparently things have gone really badly with the other woman, and that's a good thing. Okay, that's a really good thing. And it's not unusual for a person, man or woman, that once they end the relationship, or at least in the, sometimes even in the process of ending the relationship with the other person, so they start dating different people. That's not unusual at all. As a matter of fact, I see it all the time. And therefore, why I understand that would upset you, as the objective third-party professional over here, I'm saying it doesn't really scare me. And in the process of him beginning to tell you things, what he's doing, he's going through the grief process. Now, if, if you want to go to our website, I, I think it's on our website. If not, have you ever talked to anybody in our organization by any chance at uh, Marriage Helper? Yes. Yes, I have. Okay. Tell me who you're talking to so I'll know. Um, I spoke to Randy. Randy. Okay. Randy can help you get this information. There's a, there's a lady who now is one of our, actually one of our coaches, as well as one of our Facebook administrators, who went through a very similar situation that you're describing. You see, her husband, and it sounds like her husband's doing the same thing, after the ending with the other woman, actually went through a grief process. And when he's telling you about those things, that's what it sounds like to me, that he's going through a grief process. Now, that puts you in a position of you can either say to him, I don't want to hear that, be quiet, go away, don't tell me those things, or of becoming the person that he learns to trust, that he learns to be open to, and that he finds will accept and love him and understand his pain. Now, it's your choice. You can go either way. And if you can't, if you don't want to live with him telling you those things, you can tell him to stop. If, if you can live with those things and listen, he is being pulled toward you because who else would he trust? And I run into a lot of people who say things like, well, I'm afraid if I become my husband's friend or my wife's friend, then he or she won't feel compelled to come back into the marriage. They'll think, okay, they can just treat me as a friend. Or they'll think, oh, okay, well, you're doing okay without me. Therefore, I don't feel guilty anymore. And while I understand people thinking like that, I mean, I get it. I understand people thinking like that. If you think in terms of this overall principle that we talk about a lot, push and pull, the more you push a person away, the less likely it is they're going to come back towards you. So you do things that become pulls. Now, you don't manipulate. You don't try to control. You don't try to dominate. Those aren't pulls. Those are actually pushes. But pulls are doing things like we talk about the pies, becoming the best you can be physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually. And if you get past that step, then into the acceptance step where the person feels, hey, you really understand me. You really accept me. And, and so I get it when people say, if, if I get into that role, he or she may not feel compelled to come back because they think I'm okay and they're just free to go off on their own. And I get that. I understand feeling that. But if ever you're going to create a situation where that you can put the marriage back together, if that's important to you, one of the things you have to do is to be that friend. And it's tough. It's hard. You hear things that just upset you, like he's telling you about other women he's dating. Ah! And I understand the great pain that goes with that. But
But if indeed, indeed you can do that, you become more and more attractive. It's a major, major pull. And so what if then, after having done all those things, he still winds up going off and marrying somebody else? People ask me that all the time. What if I do all that and it still doesn't work and he or she winds up marrying somebody else? Well, did you do anything that uh, negated you as a person? Did you do anything that caused you to lose respect for yourself? I mean, you are being a good person and a good friend, which is on the positive side, the pull side. We keep telling people, if anything works this will, if anything works this will, we're not promising that it will, but we're saying if anything works, this will. But one of the great things about this principle, at least in my opinion, is that you know you did all the right things. And by doing those right things, if indeed he doesn't come back, and I surely hope that he does, but if indeed he, wouldn't, he did not come back, at least you can look back and go, hey, I was the right person. I, I was a good person. I did the things that I needed to do. And so if you can tolerate him going through that grief process, if you can handle him talking to you like that, these are major pulls. And so many times, so many times, I've seen it where that eventually the person begins to get closer and closer to you because of that. And these other people, these other situations out there become less and less important. And it's more like, I want to be with you. Why? Well, you understand me. I can talk to you about anything. I actually had a guy say that to me a few years ago. Actually, it was a long years ago. It was 1994. That's how long ago this was. I happen to remember the story. He said, I don't know how to handle this because my wife that I've left for this other woman, my wife's becoming my best friend. I can talk to her about anything, and this is confusing me. Well, it did, and eventually it also led him back into his marriage. And so to all of you out there who are afraid of, well, what if my spouse thinks I'm okay? Actually, that's more attractive than thinking you're not okay. Well, what if just being my friend makes him or her feel like they can do whatever? It's still better off for you to be their friend than their enemy. If you want to be their friend, it's always your choice. At any point, you can tell them to go away. You can tell them to leave me alone. I'm done with this. You can file for divorce. You have that option. But it takes strength, real strength, to be that person who can listen to that pain. And by doing that, by doing that, you have increased the odds dramatically that you can put this marriage back together. Now, I'm not telling you it's a 100% guaranteed thing, but I am telling you this, if anything works as well, and a second part is, it's the 100% right thing to do for you to become even a better person than you are. And so now we're going to go over to DC and talk to John over there. Hi, John. How are you today? Fine, thanks. Thank you for taking my call. You're um, very welcome. First, let me say I'm very, I'm very appreciative of all of your knowledge and resources. I'm very familiar with your toolkits for pies and um, and smart contact, and I've even had Good. coaching in the past. So I'm plugged Good. in pretty well to your network. My question is, um, my wife has been having an affair for about eight months. She's hmm. now moving out into her own place. Hmm. And we have three young children. Two of them are now in How young are they, in middle school. Um, I didn't know the ages. I'm sorry. Two of them are in elementary school, and one is in middle school. And okay. and he's pretty sharp. Um, okay. And and the kids are very close friends with her affair partner's kids. We were all mm. mutual friends in the neighborhood. We all used to hang out together. He was one of my friends. Hmm. So they and I've asked her since this affair started to keep him away from the kids 
and and I didn't want him around my house. I didn't want them, you know, the kids hanging out with him. I felt like it was disrespectful. And she continues on a regular basis to have play dates with him and her kids. And she says they're not doing anything, and, and it's just about the play date, but it still feels disrespectful. And out of respect for her, we have not told the kids about the affair. We've only talked about mommy's moving out and, you know, there's a disagreement and we, it's been vague. And I'm at, I feel like I'm trapped, like I'm uh, being a doormat where she doesn't respect my wishes to keep him away from the kids or have these play dates. And, it's, mm-hmm. and he could drop off the kids and play and, and, and I wouldn't mind that. It's just, it's this playing house. I guess so. Um, and so I don't know I what to tell the kids, if anything. I don't know what to do about the situation, and I don't know if I should discuss with the kids that this is wrong, if I should expose her to the kids in a respectful way, or if I should maintain an honorable perspective for them. Um, I've heard mixed advice on what the kids should know, you know, versus transparency, <laughs> versus protecting them oh, no, yeah. from adult matters. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's kind how of a middle-aged kid? Parts. The middle-aged child is how old? Um, the, the the middle school kid is thirteen, and then there's a I have a ten year old and a eight year old. Okay, I said middle aged, didn't I? <laughs> okay, yeah, middle school. I know what you mean. I, I know you're not old enough to have a middle aged kid. I'm sorry. Okay, so thirteen, ten, and eight. Is that what I heard? Yes, sir. Okay, and the thirteen year old's pretty sharp. You tell me. Yes, sir. Okay, John. You know, if you go about seeking advice. You're going to get a hundred different opinions and, and obviously it all comes down to what you want to do. Let me tell you what we have seen that works best for the kids. And then you decide whether or not you're going to approach it that way or not. It's your decision. Obviously I care very, very deeply about how the kids are affected thinking, thinking that they're not going to know. They're not going to understand is pretty naive, particularly when you have a 13 year old and that 13 year old is sharp. Because kids, even the eight-year-old, they hear things that you don't think they hear. They start grasping things you don't think they grasp. And it's not unusual. It's not unusual later in adulthood when you talk to the kids about how they felt about those things back when it happened when they were kids. A lot of them say somehow I felt like it was my fault. And uh, I run into that all of the time. The researchers run into that all the time. So here's the recommendation. If your wife will participate, okay, that's suggestion number one, say, okay, I need you to participate. We need to sit down with the kids and we need to tell them what's going on, but you do it. You can tell the kids that you're moving out based on what you said. I think they already know that, but, but tell them, you know, that you're moving out because you're developing a relationship with the other guy. Now she can obviously refuse if she wants to, but, but what we recommend, what I recommend is this, you give her an option. Either, either we do this together so that you can have your say so and the kids can hear it from your voice. Or if I have to, I will do it on my own. I don't want to do it on my own because then that runs up the possibility of, of that, whether I mean to or not, the kids will think I'm throwing you under the bus. And I have no desire at all to affect my kids' emotions toward you. You're their mom. They love you. I want them to always love you. And so if we do it together, there's a less likelihood that, that I will inadvertently somehow poison the well here. But you see, they, they deserve to know. And a 13-year-old, particularly a sharp 13-year-old, uh, they know so many things. And they're going to figure it out pretty quickly anyway. I think part of the question mm. that you ask yourself is this, John. You know, when they start figuring out, they, they look at mom, they look at you as dad and go, why didn't you tell me? 
why did you deceive me? And one thing you really, really, really want is to have an openness with the kids where they can trust you and they can trust her as well. Now, she doesn't have to go into great detail if, if the 13-year-old, of course, may be old enough to know and might ask questions like, are you sleeping with that man? She doesn't have to answer questions like that. And that's when you would step in and say, uh, that's not an appropriate question. We, let's just, just move on. Now, if you yeah. do it together, then let her know. If the kids turn to me and look at me and say, Dad, what do you think about this? I'm going to be honest with them. Just like I want you to be honest with them, I'm going to be honest with them. We're not going to tell them nitty-gritty facts because why do that to a kid? Why put those images? And so we're not going to say right. anything, you or I, we're not going to say anything that creates a visual in our children's heads. But we are going to say, you're going to say, I'm moving out because I'm, I'm going to uh, leave this marriage and go to another one. Well, Mommy, who are you going to go with? Well, it's going to be Charlie or whatever his name is. Well, Mom, why are you doing that? And, and she tries to explain it without using any visuals, and you're there. So if they look at you, as I just said, I'm being redundant now. Dad, how do you feel about this? I love your mom. I love you. And I want to be here yeah. for you the whole time. And she loves you. Because the last thing you want to do is separate the kids' loyalty. You don't want to do that. But by being open and honest with them without creating those visuals, and I think probably that's what you're hearing from people to say, well, there's some things that are adult things. Well, anything that creates a visual is an adult thing. So you don't want to do those. Sure. But getting the other information, because I'll guarantee you, even if you don't tell them, somebody else is. That's how people are. Other adults in their lives I, are going to I tell think them. there's. I think there's one caveat, in, and I, I really appreciate your advice. I think it's good advice, and, and I appreciate your generosity. Um, she is trying to maintain a narrative that she wanted to leave me before. She was inspired to leave me before, and it was a coincidence that she caught feelings for this other person at the time that she did. And so her mm -hmm. narrative for her friends and her family and the kids is that I was already leaving him. And, okay. and that I'm not leaving because of this relationship. The relationship just happens to be an inconvenient truth adjacent hmm. to it. And so that's mm -hmm. what I'm worried about. Like, I don't want to okay. well, have an argument in front of the kids. Yeah, don't, <laughs> argue. don't argue. There's no reason to argue there because John, even if she says that, okay, you know, I was going to leave your dad already. If the kids are not just super shocked by all this or super afraid of something, then they may be asking questions like, why, <clears throat> why did you want to leave before? And, and uh, then, you know, You've made an agreement with her beforehand. Neither one of us is going to throw the other person under the bus. Neither one of us is going to throw the other person under the bus. And if she tells that narrative, that's still, the kids are still knowing, one, she's leaving. Two, she's leaving for Charlie or whatever the guy's name is. And, and I think that's what's important, that they're not left in the dark. And, and I don't see any reason to argue with them right then saying, well, your mom's wrong about that. That's not the time to do that. What's going to happen with time is your 13-year-old is a 13-year-old boy or a girl. Did I lose you, John? Good boy. No, I'm still here. Good okay. boy. Okay. I'm sorry for your pain, my friend. I really, really am. He's going to ask you questions along the way. Like, Dad, was it really that bad? And, and again, being careful not to throw it under the bus, John. You can say, not that I know of, son. You know, it, I, I thought we had a pretty good marriage. You can do that without throwing her under the bus. And he's going to be asking questions because he's sharp and, he, and he's a boy and he connects with his dad. But that initial meeting is to basically protect them from the crap they're going to hear out there anyway. Because 
adults and other kids are going to tell them things. They really are. That's just the way this works. I've never seen that fail. And so by preparing them in advance, by you and your wife telling her those things beforehand, kind of protects them so that when they hear that, and you can even tell them, and you and your wife together can even tell them, okay, and if somebody out there, some other kid or some adult tries to tell you things about this, just look them in the eye and say, you know, my mom and dad are telling me everything I need to know. Because there are vicious people out there, John. You surely know that by now, right? Oh, yeah. And and should I continue to insist that she doesn't, like, because it, it bothers me, or is it unreasonable to expect her to respect those wishes at this point? Um, if not see him if around the kids. you can get her to agree. Now, you understand that at some point, they're going to be around him anyway if she proceeds with all this stuff. Because there's, I don't think there's a judge in America that will say at some point, no, he, they're never going to be around the other guy. Okay. And so what you try to do there, if at all possible, is you work out a deal with your wife. You say, can we do this in a way where I feel respected? That's all I'm asking. I'm asking, can we do it in a way that I feel respected? And if, if she will agree, then you can resolve that then. If she doesn't, and, and she obviously may not, if she doesn't agree, then what you're going to do is just love your kids that much more so that in their hearts, you know that you're never going to be replaced. And that's the most important thing here. But do I think that's disrespectful what she's doing? Absolutely, I do. Do I think the fact that she said it was bad before and then this coincidentally wound up with him? I don't know her, so I can't speak to the veracity of that. But 98% of the time when I hear that, I think it's bull. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. obviously, I don't know her, so I can't say to her. John, I'm so, so sorry for your pain. And I I'm, I'm really love the fact that you want to take care of your kids. And hopefully she'll get that and you can work out a compromise to make this happen. I hope you do. Yeah. Well, thank you. Okay, my friend. I'm so sorry. Okay. Now we're going to go over here to the great state of Tennessee and talk to uh, to uh, Derek. Hi, Derek. Are you there? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Derek. I'll be right back. I have done something wrong here. Okay, oh. now, are you there, Derek? Yes, sir. Okay, I can barely hear you, my friend. Okay, um, I'm not sure if that's any better or not. <laughs> well, you know, I'm 149 years old, and the hearing goes after a while, you know. <laughs> Just be as loud as you can, my friend. How may I help you today? Yes, sir. Um, so, about six weeks ago, um, my wife told me that we needed to separate and there was no discussion about it. There was no, you know, there was no communication. It was just, she, she was telling me that. Um, so then, you know, I came back like then after, you know, the next day or whatever. And I said, well, what does this actually mean? Um, are you filing legal paperwork? You want to get a divorce? Like, tell me like, and so to now, like she's still, she still claims that she doesn't want a divorce and we are believers. So I'm sure that that, you know, plays into it to some degree. Mm -hmm. Um, also, but, but now, um, so we had planned on moving two hours away from where we currently live and she's insisting that, um, she's going to move into this apartment. We, procured um without me this next week 
And the goal is, um, so the criteria before I can hopefully move in is, is what she says, is that she has to start her new job, work it for two to three weeks, um, and then in addition to that, um, basically uh, we've got, she created this big list of all these ways that I failed as a husband. And she wants me to basically apologize and work through this list with her. And um, so I deal with some post-traumatic stress stuff. And so a year ago, I couldn't have this conversation, you know, about these things because I couldn't own a lot of my own stuff that I was responsible for. Um, So now I'm for it. Now I want to work through it but I'm having a difficult time um, kind of figuring out this balance between, between being strong and confident and in control of myself versus um, I think that the reason she left was because she just felt like I was out of control. I don't know if that makes so, sense. Um, so this list of, of this list of things, Derek, you said a long list. Can you just tell me what one of them would be? Um, yeah, I've, so I have, um, I've yelled at her. I've, I've been, uh, she believes that I've been, you know, very controlling and, uh, even mm-hmm. manipulative. Um, so were you? In, in some ways, absolutely. Okay. In some ways so, not, but yeah. But, but to the point that you're saying that you have on occasion been controlling and manipulative, that's what I heard you say. Yes, is sir. That, did I mishear you? No, you didn't mishear me, and, um, you know, like, and part of it's my personality with that number eight Enneagram, and part of it is because of my military and law enforcement training, where, um, and my post-traumatic stress, so, like, what ends up happening for me, and I'm just getting healed to the point where I can actually articulate this to some degree, is mm-hmm. when I get scared, mm-hmm. I, there's, my training doesn't allow for me to end up in flight mode, it has to be fight or else people hmm. are going to die. But so now are you willing to meet her criteria? Wife. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, so the, 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 yes, I am. The, the problem I'm trying to wrap my mind around is that, you know, now she's dictating all of these terms mm-hmm. and I, I want some compromise because like, so for example, one of the terms of, of her criteria was that if we have any big blowouts, then the timer starts again and then it'll be another two to three weeks until Mm -hmm. I could potentially move in with her. So Mm -hmm. that leaves me in our old neighborhood without a job because I was supposed to be moving and I can't Mm -hmm. start. I feel like I'm, I'm not going to be able to become the best me that I can be So you're telling me that you're not willing to meet her criteria. Is that what I'm hearing? No, no, I'm willing to. And, and that's not the problem. I just, I just wish that, I just wish that she, I don't know. I feel like I'm getting a lot of mixed signals. No, you may be, you may be. And, and if she were working with one of us and she's going to set some boundaries, we would be recommending she hold them down to two or three boundaries. That's how we would recommend. But obviously she's not working with us. You are. And, right. and Derek, if, uh, if you didn't want to meet any criteria, could you stop yeah. the, the, uh, the move? For example, could you cancel the lease on the apartment or something? 
No, because we were moving there since she got a new job. Um, okay. And right. coincidentally, so, it's oh, go on. I'm sorry. Okay. I wouldn't recommend that you do cancel it. I was just asking. I'm trying to find out what you feel out of control about. And what I'm hearing you say is that you feel out of control because, A, she's set a lot of criteria, one of which is that if you were to act out, it's going to put that clock, you know, two or three weeks down the road. And that, and, and what it sounds like you're saying is that you're afraid that you may act out and then that makes things a lot worse for you. And uh, and so what I'm hearing is a man that has some degree of fear. You told me that, that maybe you will not be able to work things out the way that she's asking. If indeed, and, and you told me, you said that you have been trained such that you don't flee, you fight and that, that you have been trained that you do whatever you need to do to win that fight, that fight by the military up until the point of, you know, having to kill somebody if necessary. And I certainly get that in the military. I get that in what you do for a living or did for a living. But if, if she indeed has that kind of fear that you will somehow yell, scream at her, control her, dominate her, make her afraid, whatever it might be, if that's the fear she has, then it's not surprising that she would set boundaries like this saying, okay, if, if you act out, we're going to move this down the road. It appears what it sounds like is we have a woman here who is doing her best to regain control of her life. Now, I don't know that other than anything that you tell me, I don't know her. I don't know the situation. So I'm speculating just on what you tell me, but based on what you're telling me, it, it appears that she's trying to actually take control of your life or her life, and maybe even your life, but definitely her life. And so the question becomes, Derek, what are you willing to do? Now, since she's going to move anyway, that's already a done deal. She's going to get the job. You can either say, go ahead and divorce me. I'm going to go out and find my own place to live, get a different kind of job, do what I want to do. Or you can say, okay, here is the compromise I offer in return. Can we do it this way? And if you do that kind of a compromise, my friend, I strongly urge you to try to understand what it is that she's trying to accomplish. So, for example, if she sets the boundary that if, you know, you yell at me, have this fit, whatever it might be, it's going to be another two or three weeks down the road. Try to think to yourself, okay, what is that about? What would be her core issue here? What is she trying to accomplish for herself? And if indeed what she's trying to accomplish for herself is to feel safe, then whatever compromise you offer back to her has to have that in mind. Okay, here's something else I can offer you, something else that I'm willing to do, but it must always be in the context of what's really important to her. And if what's really important to her is to feel safe, then whatever compromise you offer has to lead to her being able to feel safe. Uh, it's a tough situation you have there, my friend. It really is. I feel great pain for you. My heart breaks for you. But right now, it sounds as if she's in the driver's seat. So either you get off the bus or you offer a compromise to be able to get back on the bus. But if you offer that compromise, please don't be adamant. Please don't be strong-willed. Try to be as humble as you can and, and try your, your best, if at all possible, to understand what it's all about for her, what's so important to her here. And if you can work from that, if you can work from that, you may be able to find a compromise. Uh, if she would be willing, I tell you what I'd be willing to do, but it would take both of you, both of you, Derek, I'd be willing to give you one of our free coaching sessions. I mean, we don't have free coaching sessions. I'd be willing to pay for one of your coaching sessions. If the two of you would get on it together, actually, I'll give you a set of three. That's how people usually book them. 
and we'll give you a set of three coaching sessions if you'll do it together. And so if you call our office number at 866-903-0990, 866-903-0990, plus our team right now is writing down your telephone number, okay, Derek, and, and they will contact you. And if she's willing to do that, and you don't even have to be in the same room. The coaching is done by phone or Skype or things like that. And, and if you guys are willing to do that, I personally will pay for three coaching sessions for the two of you to figure out what compromise you can do so you can be happy. You can actually work this thing out. It's not going to be exactly everything either one wants, but a, a one where you both feel like you got what you really, really needed. And so our team's trying to get on your number. Uh, somebody will be in contact with you about that, I hope. And let me make sure. I'm pretty sure my team's running down your number. I'm going to write it down too, just in case here. Just in case, I'm going to write down your number myself. Uh, I see it on my screen here. Give me one second. I know they're already doing it. They're that good. And we're going to contact you about that, my friend. Okay, now we're going to go over here to Wyoming, and we're going to talk to Chester. Chester, how are you today? Yeah, I'm here. Um, I. Joe Beams, nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you, my friend. What can we do for you? Well, I have some questions um, regarding a wayward spouse's reaction to a standing spouse moving on and dating others. Um, I've I've been standing since about August of last year, and you know everything. I've been following the program since um, about December. And I've seen some progress and smart contact and stuff here and there, but she's really giving me no ground to stand on in communication with anything other than our kids. Um, anyways, uh, I decided to start dating and stuff, and I was curious on your your take of uh, having you know one foot in the door and one foot out of the door, so to speak. I mean, I still love her and care for her very much and very much would like to try and I, you know, it's just, it's a conflicting thing for me. I'm okay. just wondering if you have any insight as uh, well, help me a more, Chester. spouse that went through that. Okay. Help me more on understanding. Give me more information because I'm still not totally clear on the question about one step in, one step out. Help me understand exactly specifically what you're asking. Okay. I'm having one of my dumb days here. So help me. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm struggling with, you know, fully committing and making myself available to just my marriage mm-hmm. and, and we're moving on in a manner of, of pursuing other dating and, and other, other things and other women. Okay. So you're trying to decide whether you want to try to fix this marriage or whether you just want to go ahead and end it and move on your life without the marriage. Is that correct? Well, sort of, I mean, I do want to try to fix it, but I mean, it's been a year, you know, and, and I'm wondering mm-hmm. if there's, you know, any perspective that you could share about a wayward spouse that, you know, sees that you're moving on or, I mean, how maybe how you felt when you went through that. Well, it, as you would understand, we say it all the time, it's ultimately your decision as to what you do with your life. And is there, and, and, and uh, forgive me, Chester, if you said this already, um, is there somebody else in her life? Is she involved with somebody? Yes, sir. So okay. I'll, I'll go ahead and give you a little bit more of a background. I mean, so back in about this time a year ago is when I, you know, realized she had an LO. And, mm-hmm. 
it was August. We did an in-home separation for a while that she requested. And then by September, she had moved out to her brother's house, my brother-in-law's. And her first limerent relationship ended around the new year. And she moved into her own place. And a second LO followed immediately. Huh. I have three kids, and they have. Uh, she, he has three of his own children that are all the same age. They actually attend school together, which is frustrating. Um, it's it's been a very tough situation. Yeah, I'm sure it is. So you're very deeply hurt, and what I'm hearing you say is that you don't think that she's going to come back. Is that right? It doesn't seem like it. She's a very prideful person. I, I do see, you know, someone that I, I feel is pretty sad and unhappy with where she's at and what she's done. But mm-hmm. as far as pride and being able to deal with that emotion in a positive manner, I don't know that she will. Mm-hmm. Just I'm, I hear you use, using some of our language, some of the terms that we use. So are you in any of our programs already? Yeah, I'm going to save my marriage. The, the same marriage course. course. Okay. Yeah. All right. I hear the sadness in your voice, my friend. I hear the almost uh, resignation in your voice, meaning like it's just, it's been so long and she keeps doing so much stuff that I don't know if I want to put up with this anymore. That's what it sounds like. Is that what you're selling? Is that, is that what you're feeling? Yes, sir. I mean, I'm, I'm still trying, but mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's frustrating to just stand and have mm-hmm. no reciprocation whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Is she having any contact with you at all, Chester? Uh, mainly just with our children. And okay. I, I get a lot of vilification in those interactions as well. Mm-hmm. A, lot of ang- a lot of anger. It's been I'm so sorry. pretty tough. So, so sorry, my friend. My heart breaks for you. I hurt for you, Chester. My friend, only you can decide that. I mean, if you feel that it's just destroying you, that, that you've given up all hope because there, in your mind there is no hope and you decide to move on with your life. Nobody blames you for that. If you think there is a glimmer of hope and you want to hang on for a while longer and hope that the principles that, that you, becoming the best you that you can be, will make a difference, then obviously we'll be right here for you. We'll, you know, we'll encourage you every way we possibly can. I wish, I wish, my friend, I had a magic wand. If I did, I'd wave it. I promise you I would and fix all these things. Uh, if you were to move on, what would your relationship with your children be like? Well, so right now we do like a, so I have eight on and six day off schedule. Mm-hmm. And I have my kids on my days off. And we've we've been able to follow that. It's been difficult, but at times, um, you know, just making sure that we communicate things about our children has been even a struggle, but mm-hmm. we have managed and I, I plan on being in their lives as much as I can. And I, you know, I really, I'm trying to have faith in the justice system. If that, if we go down that yeah. road and mm-hmm. uh, just hopefully that I have some solid ground to stand on. But yeah. Just my heart breaks for you, my friend. It so much does. 
Unfortunately, it's just going to be you looking into your heart and deciding what you're going to do one way or the other. I, I wish I had some great, brilliant flash in my brain. Oh, Chester, do this. I think this might be a good thing. But but listening to the pain and the regulation in your voice, I don't know quite how to suggest things to you, my friend. Do you want to move uh, on? Is that what you really want? No, I mean, I, I don't. I know that and I realize that. And I just... I was kind of hoping that maybe you had some kind of insight as a wayward spouse that went through this and then came back to your marriage. Yeah. Well, people, as you know, don't leave what they, we know we say it all the time and you're familiar with their stuff. People don't leave what they have unless they believe that what they're going to do is better. And for whatever reason, she apparently believes that is better. And so and, and oversimplifying, as you would understand, but the oversimplification becomes this. Sometimes with time and patience. So, for example, when I left Dallas, when I divorced her, now this was a long time ago, you know, when I divorced my wife, I divorced her in 1984 and, and didn't ask her about the possibility of coming back together until 1987. It was three years, and it was a tough three years for her. It was a tough three years for everybody, but also including her, you understand. And, and so what happened is that she continued to become the better self, you know, as best that she could possibly be. And she didn't do it based on the fact that we had a program that helped her guide her through it or even somebody that helped guide her through it. She did most of it basically instinctively. And and we talk about this push and pull. When I left her, I was being pulled away dramatically by another person and 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 then vilified Alice terribly, which helped me to create in my mind a big push that wasn't really there, but I truly believed it was. And then after some years had passed and, and the other person that I had left for had long since disappeared and I lived a different lifestyle for a while, I didn't come back to Alice because I'd still so vilified her. I had still so vilified her that I wasn't about to come back to her. It's back to that same principle of people don't leave what they have unless they believe what they're going to is better. And I'd so convinced myself it was terrible to be married to Alice that I pursued a lot of other things. But in the meantime, she kept becoming a better and stronger person. She did move on. We were divorced. She started dating somebody else. That wasn't why I came back. I wasn't jealous. But it actually was a factor in the sense that, that she had more confidence and, and she kept becoming a better and better person. And finally, one day I just realized, hmm, it's what's better for me now is to go back to the marriage I used to have if she will take me. And so we often tell people, it's up to you. As a matter of fact, we tell them all the time, it's up to you. You have to decide, can I guarantee that he or she will change their mind at some point like I did? No, I can't guarantee that. But if you follow the principles. And so in a situation such as, as uh, Chester was just giving us there, he might decide to go ahead and, you know, do the divorce. He might decide to move on and, and start dating because of the fact that she's made it very clear. I'm not going to come back to you. And any thought I have about you, is just negative. She, he said she was vilifying him and she may proceed with that. It may go on for a period of time. What we hope happens in a situation like that, if he does decide to do that, if you do decide to do that, Chester, what we hope happens is this, that at some point when those things that she thought were such a great pull begin to lose their luster and the things about you that were pushes that you have fixed in the sense that you've become a better person than you used to be. Hopefully when that happens is when that person turns around and looks at you and and says hmm, to themselves, I need to come back if that person will take me. That's why, by the way, we're now doing this online spouse workshop. 
I sure hope this doesn't sound like a commercial. It's just the best tool I know of for this. And the single spouse or the solo spouse, I should say, the solo spouse workshop is for people in exactly the kind of situation that Chester's in. Maybe you're in as well. It's like, okay, your spouse won't participate. Your spouse doesn't even know if he or she wants to come back. Oh, we also have a lot of people in the solo spouse workshop that are trying to decide if they want to go back. Like, you know, my spouse is willing, but I'm not sure I am. And it's a solo spouse workshop because I'm not bringing my spouse through it. I'm not even asking my spouse to go through it. It's just going to be me. We go through the same material that we do in our regular couples workshop, but with a special slant toward the one person. Rather than talking to the couple, we talk to the individual. And and that's why that thing is being so doggone successful. We're getting like 100% referrals on it. I mean, saying like, this is great. I want to tell other people about this. Uh, and a great percentage of people doing testimonial videos about it. I think if you go to our website at marriagehelper.com, you can actually find a page about the solo workshop. And if you can find the page about the workshop, uh, actually a, a page about all of our workshops, if you scroll all the way down to the solo workshop, it'll give you a lot more about that. And I don't know if they've up loaded yet some of the videos from the solos out spouses that have been in it. I think they may have some, but we have a ton of them still going up there. And and that can help you decide just watching that can help you decide whether you want to come to the solo workshop or not. And if you don't, and you want to move on with your life, then we'll still be here for you to help the best way we can when we can. If you come to the workshop, we'll help prepare you in such a way that hopefully can help you put your marriage back together. And if God forbid that doesn't work. Prepare you for a much better relationship in the future. And that's not our goal. We don't exist trying to prepare people for future relationships. Our goal is trying to help people save the relationships they're in now. But but it can do that other thing for you. And if you call a toll-free number at 866-903-0990, you can ask one of our client representatives about that workshop. You can ask for the page on our website that you can see the testimonials. And if you don't want to come, then that's your decision. I'm not trying to manipulate you at all. I'm just telling you that's a resource we have that I think works really, really well. And now we're going to go to South Carolina and go to Angeline. Hi, Angeline. How are you, my friend? Hey, Joe. How are you? Rocking and bopping. Long time no see. (laughs) What was it, two or three weeks? uh, Yeah, about three weeks, I think. Okay, welcome. Um, Thank you. Um, Yeah, I didn't expect to get on here, so just give me a second. But I've been putting my thoughts together. Obviously, my husband and I did the virtual workshop, which was amazing. Um, You know, he met someone in December, told me in March that he he loved me, but wasn't in love with me, that he didn't mean to meet someone. So I knew that he wanted a divorce. Um, I found Marriage Helper, obviously, probably three weeks after that, and then did my marriage course. We got through the workshop. Um, I've been working on my pies and, and smart contact. And, you know, while it's been very painful and emotional for me, since the day he told me, um, we've been very positive. I mean, we've been very positive. Communication has been the same. But... Um, Everything has been, there's been no arguing. You know, the horseman we learned about, which was very useful. Um, at the end of the workshop, I felt like, obviously, there were a lot of seeds planted, and I think it was an overload for him. Um, I knew a lot about the information. Let's me again, Angeline. Had, I'm sorry. My, my earphones kind of messed up on me. So, uh, last sentence again, please. 
Well, I feel like he learned a lot in the workshop, so did I, mm-hmm. about each other, um, how to communicate, the four horsemen, um, and everything has been really positive between us. We've been having a lot of great interaction, like like Good. buddies. Um, and I know that's all I can ask for right now. Mm-hmm. However, I feel like I know there's a high after the workshop, and we had our anniversary of 18 years that next, that following Monday. Hmm. And, you know, he gave me a card saying he thanked me for the forgiveness and I'm his, hmm. you know, partner in life and in love and all these things and that he lo- did love me and he's, ex- you know, excited for a new relationship. But I feel like he, we haven't communicated. So there's been no open communication after the workshop. There's been no mm-hmm. transparency about what's going on, and I know he's in limerence with this woman. Mm-hmm. I know he hasn't necessarily cut it off, and I haven't necessarily asked him to. Um, but he's also planning to he's, – he's interviewing for jobs in Charlotte and in other states. And mm-hmm. I we've been talking about that, and I said, okay. And he said, well, they're business jobs, you know, office jobs. I'll have to be there. And I said, Okay. I said, is this something, you know, we have to move? Or and he says, no. I said, well, you have to be there. And he said, yes. I said, okay, so you're not going to be home. And so I'm just trying to wrap my head around, I guess, how, because he hasn't approached me with what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of trying to wrap my head around his head, where he is in limerence, how to respond. I know I need to be calm and understanding. Mm-hmm. But it's just there's been so many confusing emotions. I get we're very pleasant okay. with each other. We're friends. Good. That's you know, good and then thing. I have this in the background, which I feel like I'm I'm waiting for a bomb to be dropped. And <laughs> I can I understand like the he, feeling. Is she? Is the other woman? He wants in me Charlotte? to bring it up. You know, she. I think he met her here, but I know she's from outside of there. He doesn't know I know who she is. Okay. All right. So in your mind, are you thinking, and I realize I'm asking for you to speculate, but in your mind, are you thinking that he's wanting to move to Charlotte because she'll be there? Most likely. Okay. And that's your big fear here, right? And so while things have gotten better, you're still not communicating as deeply as you, as you want to communicate. And basically what he said to you was, I'm going to Charlotte, but you're not. That's basically what you heard him say, correct? I'm reading between the lines, of course, but I'm, I'm mm-hmm. hearing that we are, and he's only looking at jobs in Charlotte. He's not looking okay. at jobs here. Okay. So, and saying that there's more opportunity and yada yada. So. All right. And so what I heard you start to say there before I oh, rudely interrupted, forgive me for that, is that he waits for you to bring things up. And so, Angeline, if you were to bring it up, if you were to say, oh, let's talk about Charlotte for a while. Can you help me understand why Charlotte's so important to you? Would you anticipate that you have an open and honest conversation about that or not? I don't know. Is it worth I the risk to try? From what I guess it is. It scares me to be the one to have to instigate the conversation because I feel like he's afraid to tell me the truth mm-hmm. because he's mm-hmm. afraid of how I'll react because I, I reacted so emotionally, you know, during the workshop, but I'll also just, the first time he told me about this, I was, I did all the wrong things, you know? Okay. 
Um, so maybe you preface it differently, Angeline. Maybe you preface it in such a way as, I'd, I'd like to have a conversation about some things. Is this a comfortable time for you to do that? And I just want us to talk like friends, honest and open with each other. In other words, find a way to set it up so that he kind of gets a signal up front that you're not going to react the same way you did the first time. And then it's going to be an open on this conversation because what I'm hearing you say, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but what I'm hearing you say is that really what you're afraid of is if you bring up the conversation, you're going to find out some things you don't want to find out. Is that right? Or am I guessing wrong there? No, not necessarily. Um, I pretty much sure what I'm going to hear. Mm-hmm. I'd be shocked if I heard something different. I actually would be shocked if I heard something different. And, and honestly, there have been so many lies, Joe, and so much deceit mm-hmm. that I don't even know if he would tell me the truth necessarily. I think he's afraid to tell me. So I don't, I don't know, and I'm not afraid to hear it. I'm not afraid to hear it. I've prepared myself for all the okay. possibilities of what he's feeling okay. for this woman. Um. I don't want to hear it, but I have to accept it. I know yeah. that. I don't blame you for not wanting to hear it. But you know, sometimes, Angeline, uh, our anticipation of what we're going to hear is not nearly as bad as what we hear. I mean, I'm sorry. Our anticipation of what we think we're going to hear is a lot worse than what we actually do hear. Did I say that right that time? We can make it so much bigger in our brain than it is. So sometimes it's really actually better to actually hear it because then you you know where you are. Well, I hope that he would be honest with you. I understand your hesitancy about bringing it up, but if you're still having any kind of open communication at all, then those kind of conversations are better to be done before he finds a job in Charlotte than after he finds a job in Charlotte. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, well, that's another thing. I mean, he's already said he signed contracts, that he could work there tomorrow for this one job. Okay. Well, he was in there, my opinion. You know, and, mm-hmm. and, and Melody, because I was working with Melody, and she had said mm-hmm. something to me and said, you know, he probably is scared to tell you, but you need to wait for him to, to bring it up because it's his. Well, I don't agree with that. My opinion is that <laughs> it's time to have the discussion. But, but Angelina, totally up to you. Totally up to you as to whether you're going to do this or not. And you know enough about the pushes and pulls that, that you don't want to do it in a way that's going to be a push at all. But having knowledge can be so much better than living in limbo where you speculate and you think this is what's going to happen. You think this is what's going to be said, those kinds of things. But if it's not comfortable for you, then don't do it. Now, of course, Melody's had the advantage of one of our coaches of talking to you a lot longer about this than we just had in the last eight minutes. And so, Maybe you need to take her advice because she knows a lot more about the story. But I believe in you. You were in a workshop. I got to be with you for three days, although it was online. I got to be with you for three days, and I believe in you. I believe actually in him. My opinion was that this is a man with a good heart. And these conversations sometimes can be tough to have. By the way, just before I have to move on because I'm over my limit now, but can you, would you mind telling people just very quickly what you thought about the online workshop? Good, bad, or indifferent? Um, all I can say is, wow, (laughs) um, it was very informative. It's worth every penny. You learn so much just about yourself and your significant other. Um, there's just so many tools you have with life. 
that you could use and with your children too. Um, there, there are no words, honestly. It is very empowering. Um, it's very emotional. But I would tell anyone in any type, whatever relationship they're in, to, to do it because it's just that powerful of a workshop. Um, I think it's very well done. Thank you so much for that. Thank you, Angeline. Keep working with Melody, my friend. And and if you don't mind, I'm going to add you to my prayer list. Would that be okay with you? That would be wonderful. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate all right, that. thank you, Angeline. You take care over there. And now we're going to move from the state of South Carolina all the way across the ocean. And let's say I just had it here a second ago to lose it. We're going to go all the way to France, and we're going to talk to Chris. Uh, Chris, how is everything over in France today? Oh, it's it's a beautiful day, but other than that, uh, it's pretty uh, pretty slow with the quarantine and all that. So, <laughs> how are you? Yeah, I am actually rocking and bopping. How <laughs> may I help you today, my friend? Um, well, I, I'm, I'm a believer. My wife isn't. Um, so, I mean, it's been about six months now and I feel that God's pushing me to pick up my cross and try to save my marriage. But, uh, I also feel that it's kind of hopeless. So, um, we had some, we go back to when we lived in California in 2015, her parents had come visit us and they asked us to move back to France because her mom was her grandmother. My wife's grandmother was 93 and, and going to pass. Um, when we were in the middle, we had both had good jobs. We had a, um, a house we were remodeling. We owned um, good, excellent interest rate, everything. It was gaining value every day. And so it was a huge thing to ask of me. Um, and it wasn't in my wife's interest either. But we, I didn't realize that at the time uh, how much her mother wanted all her kids to live in a town with her. Um and so this uh, is almost like a compulsion. And uh, so we packed it up and moved it. We came to an agreement that if after two years we didn't work out in that town, she, my wife would work her, her, for, for her father. And after two years, it didn't work in that, out in that town. We would move to somewhere else in Europe where we had a little more opportunity. And uh, two years passed, and it was miserable for me the whole two years. Um, her, her family was spiteful and um, intrusive. Um, really, it was not a pleasant experience for either one of us. But she still didn't want to move and I think at that time she had debated with her parents of divorcing me rather than move away because they had sat me down and they're like, you need to reconnect with your family, blah, blah, blah. You know, um, they you gave me the talks. Right? I said, Chris, you need to do what? They, they said that I needed to reconnect with my family. Like she was really pushing okay. me to, to get a relationship with my father. So it was really sort of a suspicious conversation. And I'd made it clear that, you know, I, I just, just moved here from California, gave up everything. So you better not even be thinking about this, you know. Uh, well, we moved to Amsterdam. Um, we opened a business. It worked well for a while. Um, we decided um, we didn't really like it that much, so we decided to come back to Saint Etienne for a while because we had her family, her grandmother's old house. Um, <clears throat> we went back there, and immediately things got more hostile. Her family was a bit more spiteful towards me, um, uh, asking me asking me questions about you know like why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And like asking me where I want to live. And I do this like, no, like, like they have a say in the matter, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And our relationship just goes downhill from there. Um, where my wife becomes sort of petulant towards me, like hostile. And that's it be in the, same room with the way her family is acting or, or it, is it somehow connected I, the way that they're acting toward you and what she's doing? Yes, absolutely. 
um, her mother and her sister. There's there's a history history of abuse right there, in in, in mm-hmm. her mother's side. Her mother and her sister is. Um, so basically, her mother would basically act in sort of a controlling way. If if if, mm-hmm. if my wife was was showing any sort of independence, she would tell her she didn't love her and wish she was never born, type thing. You know, wow. that sort of that that we yeah, that went on until she was 23 years old. Oh, that's uh, terrible. From 16 years old, she was off to school. Yeah, yeah, she was off to school <laughs> internships and then working in uh, working abroad. Mm-hmm. And her mother visited her twice, and one time mm-hmm. she told her she where she had never was never born, and the second time she didn't talk to her at all. That's just so heartbreaking. Huge, so how can yeah, it, it was for me too? How may I help you? Um, well, my question is: so now I feel that her family is pushing her to end the marriage. And they've got her convinced that I'm some sort of monster. Like everything about our past, she has this completely negative view of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't see the work I put in California to give her that house. And, um, you know, all, she, she, does, she, she looks back at our past and she sees everything as a negative. And I don't understand it at all. She, when I see her, she will not make eye contact with me. She looks down to the left or whatever. She, she intentionally does it. If I push her into a conversation, even as gently as possible, it just explodes. And okay. and uh, um, every so time we do it, we evolve. How can I help? Sorry. How, can, how, how do I, I approach her? How do how do I start to get past this wall? I have no idea what to do. I'm like I'm completely without any sort of mm-hmm. any sort of way to to like. I, I feel that like she has said this this marriage is over, and that she's not going to put any effort in, and she's going to do everything she can to keep me out of her life. And I don't know. That's I don't know cool. how to respond to that. I mean, she she may be doing that, and if she's getting that kind of of uh, advice, counsel, even pushing from her family for her to do that, that obviously makes things a lot worse. The thing is, yeah. if they're controlling and dominating her, the last thing you should do would be to do anything that she would see as controlling and dominating. And so, yeah. if, for example, she doesn't want to look at you, and you try to push her into a conversation. If you think about it, that's the kind of thing that, that she's had to put up with from them based on what I'm hearing from you. That's the kind of thing she's had to put up from them. And it would be oh, something yeah. that I would recommend strongly that you not replicate in any shape, fashion, or form. Does it mean that you every can't time do I look back in our past and I Every time I look back in our past and I acted any way sort of pushy and manipulative, I, I, I cringe, realizing that, you know, what she had gone through that mm-hmm. I shouldn't, you know. Uh, yeah. I, I've learned a lot. I've changed yeah. a lot, but she won't let me show her that. I mean, well, I've been the least best physical shape I've been in my life. I'm assuming that you're familiar with our our system called PIES, P-I-E-S, physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, I've, I've done it, yeah. Okay. And did is, you go through our online I've, course, the Save My Marriage course? Did you go through that? No. no okay, I I'm going yeah, Okay. But if I give you the online Save My Marriage course, will you go through it? Absolutely. All right, let me make a note here, and I'm sure my team is making a note as well. Uh, because of the pandemic, we're not in the same building anymore, so I can't look over to see if they're looking at me. But I, yeah. I work with some amazing people, and I'm sure that they're also making notes on this. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the online Save My Marriage course. And so um, I need to move on here, George, just a minute, Chris. But let me suggest this: the only person you can control is you. And so please focus on you becoming the best you that you can be. Are you facing a formidable enemy? The answer is absolutely you are because you're facing a family that doesn't want you to be in her life. And my guess, 
And of course, this is a guess, a speculation, but it's based on what you told me. My guess is a lot of that has to do with the fact that they are the ones, at least mama, is the one who wants to control her life. Therefore, anybody else in her life having an influence over her is an enemy to mama. That's what it sounds like to me. Now, again, I'm not there. I don't know those people, so I admit I'm guessing. And so mama doesn't like you because you're a threat to her because you have influence, or at least you had influence over her daughter. And so that makes things a whole lot tougher, a whole lot rougher for you. There is no doubt about it. But if you work on you, and and, and this is what I'm strongly recommending, Chris, you said, uh, well, if you work on you, what that means is you quit trying to affect her. What I mean by that is you quit trying to do things that will cause her to do this, cause her to do that, cause her to do the other. You make you the best you you can be in this course that we're going to give you. It's online. You can do it in France. You do this course. It'll help you become the best you that you can be. And in that, hopefully, hopefully with a little time, and I don't think this is going to happen fast, but with a little time, what will happen is she will begin to be drawn back toward you. The thing that's pulling her away from you is not very attractive. In other words, she's being pulled away by people that don't like you. That's not what we would call a good, strong, positive pull. That's a good, strong, negative pull. In other words, it has as much push in it as it has pull. What they're doing, trying to pull her away from you, has as much push against her so that, that she would ultimately eventually want to be away from them unless they have completely brainwashed her, which I hope they have not done. And so this course I'm going to send you, if anything works, if anything works, this will Chris, I'm so, so sorry for your pain, and it just really riles me when I hear about people's families doing things like this. I'm so, so sorry. And so we have time for another call or two here, and so we're going to go over to Virginia in the USA, and it's it pronounced Keisha. Am I pronouncing that correctly? It is Keisha. How may I help you, Keisha? Well, um, where to begin? So back in August of 2019, um, I found out that my husband was having relationships online um, through this game he was playing. Um, and then when I found out, it was like he was signed up until I found out. Um, I was just happened to check the phone bill because the phone bill was extremely high and saw this weird number there, and he was texting with a female. Um, as soon as I found out, um, he got very angry and aggressive. And, of course, I did all of the behaviors, you know, you don't want to do, um, begging and trying to figure out what was going on. Um, he went from one person on the game to a to several other ones until he found a lady in the beginning parts of November that he had met up with um, and ended up having a physical affair with. Um, the whole time, he really wasn't sure what he wanted to do. I started um, meeting with Jared, the coach, and doing the Save My Marriage course online, um, working on pies and smart contact. And then in December, um, there was like a big blow up around my birthday time, and then he decided he wanted to come home. So I've been in counseling pretty much since all this started, uh, and I had set up, you know, my boundaries and everything. So um, I didn't want him to come home so early, but, you know, he was insistent, um, and, you know, he did go to counseling individual. He started individual counseling. He started um, marriage counseling, and the other goal was to decrease the gaming usage. Um, through his individual counseling, he's got moderate depression, probably severe at this point, as well as um, he was labeled with a sex addiction and a gaming addiction. Um, so the so, counselor actually said he had sex addiction. Is that correct? Yes. That's what okay. the counselor said. 
So he made it okay. to two individual counseling appointments and kind of stopped. Um, we were constantly going to family slash marriage counseling up until the end of April. Um, he was trying to do better with his behaviors, and um, but I started to notice he was back into some of the my triggers, like closing the bedroom door, uh, isolating himself a little bit more. He was becoming a little more aggressive um, in interactions. You know, he really wasn't doing his part of the counseling, even though I've been still consistently going to mine. And then um, I was having an emotional night at the end of April, and um, I didn't really want to talk. It was late at night. I didn't realize he was up and about, and he happened to come into the room. He insisted on finding out what was going on, and when I told him, you know, I didn't really, it wasn't a good time to talk, he got very angry, and then he came back a second time. So I explained to him that I was a little concerned that we, you know, had moved too quickly, and perhaps, you know, it wasn't the best decision, but he had moved into that. Well, that seems to trigger him, um, and so since then, he has completely shut down. He refuses to do any counseling. Um, mm-hmm. And, a little and when did that happen? Tell me again, Keisha, when that occurred. It was um, at the end of April, so it's been about, so April, like, 26-ish, somewhere in there. Um, and we had a counseling session set. It was a Sunday night. We had a counseling, counseling session scheduled for that Wednesday, okay. but he refused completely to go to that. Um, okay, so it's been five or six so, weeks since you did that. So how may I help you? What can I do for you, Keisha? I find myself sliding back. He says I'm pushing again. Um, he's really isolating himself. He won't come out of the room. Anytime my daughter or I, he's even ignore, ignoring our daughter. Um, he talks about, you know, I've asked him if he even wants to be there. He says he doesn't know, but I'm making him miserable. I'm at a point where I'm just not sure, you know, how I'm feeling, what to do. I'm trying not to push, but I find myself falling back into those same behaviors. Um, okay. So do you think he's back into his addictions? Sometimes. Is that what you're saying? Um, he's definitely into the gaming addiction. That got a little bit better, but it never got completely okay. better. Um, and, you know, the counselors have given me advice. He says that I'm being selfish if I even bring up my feelings and that I just need to deal with the way he is until he's ready to not deal, but then at the same time, you know, he's talking about wasting away um, and that kind of stuff. And so I feel like mm-hmm. by me trying to go in there and talking to him, I know it's pushing, but at this point, you know, I, if he is really trying to harm himself or not eating, not sleeping, you know, I just don't know what to do. I'm kind of okay. at a loss. Well, obviously, if you think a person is doing something that's damaging to themselves, then intervention makes all the sense in the world. You do the intervention. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't want you to come in the room, but you're afraid that, that whatever he's doing is going to lead him to having some kind of difficulty or, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, then going in there might be perceived as a push. There's no doubt about that. But we talk about pushes that need to happen. Sometimes pushes actually have to happen because you do it for the for what's benefiting somebody, you, him, your daughter, whomever it might be. Uh, I'm going to ask you one question, and I think I know what your answer is going to be, but I'm going to ask it very quickly because I'm running out of time. If, if we had an online reconciliation course saying, okay, here's how you actually go through reconciliation, do you think that at this point he'd be willing to go through it with you or not? I honestly don't know. He's completely I went there and tried talking to him on Thursday last week and it really blew up and then Friday I went in there again talking about getting him help 
And he's just like, you just need to leave me alone. You know, I don't want okay, you Okay, so you're going here. in there telling him that he needs this. Is, is that what happened? No, are you going in and having a conversation, or are you going in telling like, him I'm what to do? Like, I'm worried about you. What are some things you think we can do to help? Um, his work basically put him off of work last week. Um, you know, it originally started as, you know, what can I do to help you? I'm worried about you, you know. But now it's more of this is what you need to do? It, it it was not Friday. No, it was, you know, how many days do you have off of work? You know, just trying mm-hmm. to communicate with him. You know, I okay. you know, I don't like seeing you like gotcha. this. And the counselor that he hurting. was seeing, was this counselor an expert in addiction by any chance? The original one was, yes. And as soon as the okay. guy rec- made some hard, fast recommendations, he said, I just don't okay. think I'm going to go back. Okay. So when you have a person that is shutting himself off from everybody, like I had a counselor that had expertise in addiction, but I'm count, cut that counselor off. I cut off my daughter, cut off my wife. I understand that your, your, even your maternal instincts, believe it or not, and I'm not saying you should be his mom. I don't mean that, but to walk in there and say, look, this, this is not working. Something's got to happen. I'm afraid for you. I get that. I get that. Now you need to understand that although I am a recovering addict, I am not an expert on addiction. Keisha, if indeed, and I'm not quite sure how to guide you on this right now because I'm not sure what's going on with him, but starting tomorrow, tomorrow and the next day, uh, our CEO, Kimberly Holmes, our director of operations, Jim Porto, and I are going to start filming a reconciliation course. And, and it'll take us a couple of days to film it, and I don't know how long I have no idea how long it will take for it to be edited, okay? Hopefully not too terribly long. And then we'll have a course out that actually says, if you're going to reconcile, this is the way you do it. You don't even make a decision to reconcile until the fourth of the fifth of the five steps. It's it's five steps in it, and you don't decide if you're going to reconcile until step four. If indeed, Keisha, and I'm going to ask our team to write down your name and number here, but if indeed we get that thing up before too long, hopefully up within a few weeks, we start recording tomorrow, as I said, but I, I don't know when that means it'll be out. If, if he will go through it with you, I will give you that. Okay. But we'll have a lot more information about what it is and how to do it before then. I don't have that right now. Okay, I'm so unfortunately I'm out of time. I'm so sorry, Keisha. I hope you find a solution. And if you'll go to the reconciliation course that we're developing right now, I do believe it can be of help. Okay, we're out of time. As a matter of fact, I'm over time. So thank you guys for being with us today. And we hope to see you next Monday, starting at 1230 Central Time.